0: For a very limited time, Comments by Celebs listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash comments. That's 50% off and limited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash comments today. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, am. Season three finale. How you feeling? I can't believe we're here. I know. It feels good, doesn't it? It feels amazing. I know. So this week, we're doing episode 11 and episode 12, the finale. And similar to last week, I'm going to kind of glaze over episode 11 just because to do it scene by scene, I think would be really boring. And then we'll do a full-blown recap for the finale. But episode 11, honestly, the main plot line here is really about Kylie, she's 11 years old now, and she's wanting to kind of experiment with makeup and change her look a little. And we really are met with Caitlin's kind of intensive resistance to that. Do you think that's a fair way to put it?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a whole lot of foreshadowing.
0: Yeah. So we're kind of introduced to this plotline in that scene that I feel like you all are familiar with where Caitlin is getting ready to drive Kylie to school. Kylie walks out of the house. She's about to get into the car. Caitlin sees she has a full face of makeup and basically makes her go inside to take it off. And you see, you know, Kylie's increasing frustration throughout this entire episode. And there's this one point where Caitlin gets home from dropping them off from school. And she says to Chris, you know, Kendall, Kendall's fine. She doesn't wear makeup. She doesn't care. She just wants to ride horses. It's Kylie that's the problem. And Chris kind of responds to her and is like, Kylie's not the problem. She just is a girly girl and she's really experimenting. And you see, Caitlyn is so not down for it and not even really willing to kind of open up to the idea of it.
1: I don't know if you relate to this while watching it, but I always thought, because my dad so isn't like this, that... The stereotypical dad not wanting their daughter to go out and experiment with makeup and not wanting them to date boys. Like, I always thought that was just a cliche.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, both of us, that was neither of our experiences. And you see it really full on here. And also, I don't know if this is how people would watch it when this came out in 2008 or 2009, but now it's hard to watch this without viewing it through some like patriarchal lens, you know, like, yes, of course, Caitlin was just a concerned father. And I think most of her intentions really came from a good place. But also for me, at least watching this, it's hard to ignore the patriarchal undertones that just like society have kind of put into us when it comes to fathers and their daughters and the way that there's a sense of like ownership almost.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. And, and the whole idea of dads being protective of their daughters to an extent really overlaps with the whole patriarchal society thing. So there's definitely a lot of very obvious parallels there.
0: Yeah. And we see, you know, Kylie kind of escaped to Chloe's house to deal with the frustration, which we see a lot. And I just think it's something that you and I speak about a lot, how it's really so evident when you watch the earlier seasons, not that we ever miss this, but how much of a maternal role Chloe has. And Something that I really think about now is Kylie was the first one to have children, you know, before Chloe, meaning. And now there's so much more, I don't want to use the word equals, but in terms of that like maternal feeling, it's, so, it's shifted now. I think there'll always be that part in Chloe's heart that feels that way, but compared to these earlier seasons where Kylie is her baby.
1: Right. Like it's almost a more level playing field now that they both have kids. But as we've definitely seen with Chloe, there's always a maternal instinct there that isn't going to go away just because Kylie also has a child.
0: Right. Exactly. This really all kind of comes to a head when they're at dinner and Kylie basically defines Caitlyn. She comes in full face of makeup, all dressed up and you see Caitlyn's really not having it. And Kylie says, you know, so how old is Courtney when she got a boob job? Mom, how old were you when you got your boob job? Really kind of, you see, Caitlin is just increasingly angry. And she basically gets up, says, Kylie, we're leaving. And she pulls her out and she leaves. They end up resolving it later on in the episode. But this scene was kind of very uh, foreshadowing, I would say.
1: Yeah, I also think the whole situation of Kylie... Wearing makeup and trying to look older and trying to dress older, like it can't be lost that she was eleven years old and doing this on television. There's such a difference, I think, between you know your daughter dressing a certain way and trying to control them in your own home or their own surroundings. But when you're on TV and you can't control the way that, unfortunately, and this it it, it is a fact whether we like it or not, like caitlin can't control the way people are going to be viewing her eleven-year-old daughter. So there is an element of that that has to come into play. And it is reasonable. I don't think Caitlin went about this the right way. And I don't think Caitlin explained her feelings the right way to Kylie. I think it became very controlling rather than protective. Um, which is what I think Caitlin wanted to get across, but didn't. But yeah, it can't be lost that there was an element of trying to protect Kylie from the public as well.
0: Oh, completely. And that's, I, I agree with you. I see that. And I understand her intention completely. Um But just even in this one scene, you know, like Kylie and, and even Chris said to Caitlin, listen, Kylie's not just going to roll over and play dead that, you know, that's not her personality. We've always seen, she's always had this level of kind of feistiness to her, if feistiness is a word. And, you know, especially when it comes to like the makeup stuff and the surgery stuff, it it was a constant from 11 years old because a few years later, we fast forward to her overlining her lips and that becomes a storyline. Like, Kylie always had a lot of stuff when it came to, you know, superficially the way that she viewed herself and you watch how it changes throughout the seasons, but it's always there on some level.
1: Yeah, definitely. Absolutely.
0: The one other thing that happened in this episode, which we're really not going to get into because they kind of glazed over it, but this is when Rob and Adrian break up and Rob kind of temporarily moves in with Kim. So They really didn't give us much explanation. We find out things later on, but he basically came over to Kim's and said, you know what? Adrian's going back to New York, so we're breaking up. And that was honestly the only kind of discussion they even said in the episode.
1: Which you then later find out that it's because he cheated on her, but you don't get that in this episode.
0: No, but I mean, they really glanced over it.
1: I don't even remember it being as quick as it was. They really gave us nothing.
0: Yeah, they immediately switched the rest of the plot to Kylie and then also to Courtney kind of encroaching on Kim's space and taking her stuff, which like we're not going to recap because you guys can all imagine how that went down.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. Okay, season three finale. I love this one, Julie.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: A lot of moving parts here and we'll get into it all, but we're gonna go scene by scene. So we start out with Courtney and Chloe. They're at their house and Scott has been in New York. Courtney hasn't really heard from him. And they have this rule where they call each other every night before they go to sleep. And he hasn't called to say goodnight. So Courtney calls him and Scott's kind of lying. He's like, no, I did call. And all of a sudden you hear this woman's voice in the background. And immediately Scott kind of hangs up on Courtney and you just see all hell breaks loose. Chloe's like, call him back. So Courtney calls him back and Scott goes, you hung up on me. She's like, I did not hang up on you. Are you fucking kidding me? Why would I hang up? I'm not an idiot. I hurt a girl. So did Chloe. And Scott hangs up on her again. And this is kind of when we're seeing toxic Courtney and Scott in full blown action.
1: Completely. And This is the first time where it really sets the scene for Courtney hating Scott being in New York, where like New York is a problem place for them. Because prior to this episode, you never really knew what their living arrangement was. Like you knew that Scott was kind of living with her, but you thought he maybe had another place. You weren't sure where. This episode really clarifies that it's like, okay, when Scott's in LA, he stays with Courtney. When he's in New York, he has his own place. And this is also the first time that introduces the fact that Courtney hates when Scott is in New York.
0: But it's interesting because last episode or two episodes ago we really saw Chloe kind of struggling with wanting to move to New York and yeah maybe that was a bullshit plot line but it's interesting that the show never mentioned like oh well Scott's going to be there so Courtney may come a lot you know like it was totally just kind of glossed over and not really discussed
1: completely you're so right.
0: Anyway, so the next morning Scott calls Courtney and she's like Did you have fun with your girl last night? He goes, I told you I had people over. It's not what it looks like. There was not a girl with me. And she says, Okay, so what's your explanation? He's like, Listen, I mean, some people fell asleep on my couch in my guest room. And unfortunately, the girl was drunk. She went into my room and passed out. I didn't ask her to, but I also didn't say, Hey, wake up and get the fuck out of here. I didn't even think about it. And Courtney's like asking who this girl is. And Scott says, You know, she has a boyfriend herself. Courtney goes, but you shouldn't be letting her feel comfortable enough to get into your room, to go into your room and to go into your bed. He says, it's someone I've known for 10 years, and she's kind of like a little sister to me. I never remotely would even dream of hooking up with another girl. You know that. I love you. Please understand this. Okay. Before we get into the confessional and kind of like Courtney and Chloe debriefing, Courtney's comment to Scott about, you know, you shouldn't have made her feel comfortable enough. It's kind of like that thing of, I don't care what somebody said about me. Tell me why they felt comfortable enough to say it to you, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. Yes. I
0: I agree with her.
1: Yeah, no, I don't disagree. And also Scott's acting like asking somebody to get out of their, like another girl to get out of his bedroom would be the craziest thing in the entire world. It, It wouldn't be at all.
0: Right. I mean, like there's a difference between saying this girl was drunk. I wanted to make sure she was safe. I wanted to take care of her. That can totally be done. But I also couldn't understand why Courtney would not want him sleeping in bed with another girl, especially when their relationship at this point isn't rooted in like this rock solid sense of trust.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. You couldn't. I mean, the whole thing was just so off all around.
0: I dare you to find me one girl who's in LA, her boyfriend's in New York. They have a history of potential infidelity. He hasn't called her. She gets on the phone with him and she hears another girl saying, what are you doing in here? Like, I dare you to find me one girl, one woman, one girl, anybody that is gonna be relatively calm in that situation.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody would.
0: No, you're gonna fly off the handle.
1: Of course.
0: It's interesting here because we kind of are also introduced into the difference in the way that Chloe and Courtney deal with these Scott situations because right after that phone call, it shoots to Courtney's confessional and she's saying like, I don't want to be stupid, but I honestly kind of believe him. And then we pan back to the bathroom right after the phone call. And Chloe says to her, you don't believe one word that he just said, right? And she's kind of like, I don't know, I may. And it's just interesting because their immediate responses were so different.
1: The thing here is that Chloe was obviously looking at the situation as very big picture, where even in this one moment, she would be able to justify what Scott said or believe him if this was an isolated incident. But Chloe knows that it's not. And therefore, this is just another thing to add to a pattern of behavior. Whereas Courtney has this ability with Scott to look at everything as isolated. So if she can believe him in this one moment with this one explanation, then she can get past it without thinking about the fact that, like, why is every single thing Scott does require some lengthy explanation?
0: Right. And the other thing is, it's so interesting because in recent seasons, or even I would go as far as to say in the last six years or so, Chloe and Scott are a tag team like it is the two of them and when you see that contrasted with how hard Chloe was leading the anti-Scott party it's just kind of uh an interesting like switch of events
1: it took Chloe and Scott a really long time to be able to get to the place that they were and it took Scott changing a lot in order to get there um but you're right it is interesting because in the beginning seasons even when Scott and Courtney were good. It's not like Chloe and Scott were so close or Chloe was so overly on board with Scott and now, you know, this is starting to affect their relationship. They weren't close in the beginning.
0: Oh, not at all. Chloe really, her protective side came out and we're going to see, you know, we'll get into this a little bit more in the episode, but she was not down for it. I think she's very protective over her entire family, but specifically when it comes to Courtney and Kylie.
1: And the other thing is, once they had Mason, though, Scott then permanently became family. It wasn't just Courtney's boyfriend anymore. He was family. So even as Scott kind of got a little bit worse with his behavior, he was a permanent part of the family, and therefore Chloe's protective instincts over him definitely kicked in.
0: Yes, completely. And and you know something? That's not just a Scott thing. That is something we have seen with every single person that has come into contact with this family. It's like once you're in in general, but also really once you're in by the birth of a child, like you are in. Right. So keep in mind at this point, Chloe is still dating Rashad. We kind of were introduced to him in last week or the week before. And Courtney, Kim, and Chloe are all together. And all of a sudden a sales rep with a delivery from 14 carats comes for Chloe. And she says, there's a million dollars worth of jewelry in this safe. Rashad wanted you to have something special. And Chloe in her confessional is like, Rashad asked me to be his girlfriend and I broke down and I said, yes, I finally have a boyfriend people. Is everybody happy in the world? And you see Kim in her confessional saying that, you know, Chloe has been closed off for so long. And this is really the first time she's had a boyfriend in years. And in her confessional, Courtney's saying like, of course I'm so happy for Chloe, but of course I'm sad because I'm thinking about Scott.
1: By the way, not 14 carrots coming to the house and me thinking that Chloe was going to get frozen yogurt delivery.
0: Julie, I swear on my entire life, I didn't realize it was 14 carrots until I saw it in the outline. And I was like, oh my God, you got Bloomy's frozen yogurt?
1: I was like, oh my God, that is such a special gift.
0: I know, we'd obviously prefer that.
1: Uh, like literally, yes, especially 14 carrots frozen yogurt.
0: I know, another thing that I don't think we wrote down on the outline, but when Chloe's getting this delivery, she says like, oh, Kim is just so jealous. And it's funny because- Obviously, Kim is so happy for Chloe, but I almost knew what Chloe meant. Like, she was kidding, but there is this part of Kim that has, like, she has main character syndrome, whatever you want to call it, not in a bad way, but she likes when she's the one getting these things. Not that she's not so happy for other people, but like, I often think about it honestly in terms of Kanye, because if it was not Kim, if it was one of her other siblings that had the type of proposal or had that type of over the top situations that she had with Kanye, I think she'd be the first one so happy for them. However, I think she's happier that it's her, not them.
1: Kim has main character syndrome for a very good reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, she was the main character here.
1: Uh, She's the main, Kim's the main character. I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Kylie can get as big as she wants. Kim will always be the main character.
0: Right, but I'm just saying like it was interesting that Chloe made that comment and Kim was like joking like no, I'm so happy for you and she was, obviously. She cares about her sister's happiness b- above anything, but yeah, was there a part of Kim that wishes it was Reggie that had the safe come with a million dollars worth of jewelry and that was televised in my opinion, yes, or at the time.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe. I think that I think the only difference between these two things is that Kim had been dating Reggie for much longer. So I think she felt much more secure in her relationship. Whereas this was like a sign of a very new relationship. And she was excited for Chloe because of that fact. And it had less to do with like the actual gift giving. Because Reggie can buy her, you know, as much expensive shit as she wants. That wasn't really out of the norm. But I think to see Chloe in this very new relationship, that's something that Chloe's very not used to. And Kim's very not used to seeing Chloe in kind of separated it from anything that Kim was feeling.
0: No, a thousand percent. And I agree with that. The point that I'm making isn't even about the jewelry. It's not about doing it. It's about the fact that this seemed, especially at the time, like this very kind of grand over the top gesture. And I think that in Kim's ideal world, she's the one that's having white glove service show up to her door because her boyfriend planned this like extravagant thing for her that everybody is now seeing the thoughtfulness that went into it. That's what I'm saying. Not about the actual gift. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, definitely. No, I I totally agree with you.
0: So next scene, they're at Dash, and Courtney's kind of talking to the Dash employees about opening up their next door, deciding between New York and Miami. And she's saying to them, you know, New York would be good because Scott has a place there. I could live with him. And Courtney kind of asks Lily, who we see a lot of Lily actually, what she thinks of Scott and what the rest of them think of Scott. And Roya, who's one of the other employees, basically says, you know, it's not that we don't like Scott, but you should be able to trust the person that you're with. And you shouldn't have to feel like you're supervising your boyfriend at all times. And while they're having this conversation, Chloe comes in and you see she's like frustrated because she says, I don't even know why we're having this conversation about Scott. Like the entire thing is a waste of time. And honestly, understandably so, I think Courtney starts to get really frustrated because she feels like she can't even talk about it at all with Chloe because she's just so unbelievably judgmental. And this is when Chloe says, you know, I'm not judgmental. I'm just not going to let someone cheat on me over and over again. It's not normal. I'm being protective. I'm just being loving. And Chloe says to Courtney, you know, you need therapy for Scott. Kim comes in. She agrees. She's like, you're not going to listen to us. You need therapy if you're going to put up with this. We'll discuss this in a second, but I'm sorry. I can't watch this episode and not just cringe in terms of this age so poorly watching Chloe with such conviction, say she would never, ever deal with somebody cheating on her. And then fast forward to Tristan or even the Lamar situation. And it's just like so hard to watch because we're not looking at it from a judgmental place, but you know that anybody else watching this is.
1: I know. And it's not, the thing with this is it's not like it's just this one episode where Chloe's really holding her ground and and making those statements about like, I would never let anybody do this to me, especially not multiple times. Like, it was such a pattern in these episodes. Every single time she's talking to Courtney, she's saying how she would never ever in a million years let somebody walk all over her like this. She would never let somebody cheat on her. It's just about basic, like respect. And you see this over and over again to the point where when you look back on it, you, you have to cringe.
0: Chloe has this tendency, and especially in the earlier days, to really put on this tough exterior. And I know that's what she was doing here. And I think she was saying that because she genuinely believed it, that she wouldn't put up with that. And you see, actually, a little bit later on, she doesn't. But it really does go to show you never, ever know how you're going to react until you're in this situation.
1: I think it is very different to have a super strong stance in your relationship when you're in your early 20s. Or it's super easy to have a strong stance in your relationship when you're in your early 20s and you're saying, I would never let anybody cheat on me. The second somebody did that, I would be out. Like It's so much easier to say that then versus when you have a child with somebody, when you're getting older, when you're feeling that pressure. It's harder to like really hold that stance when you're feeling that pressure on yourself in time and with children and with family and the rest of your family. Like it's two very, very different circumstances. So I obviously don't judge her for not changing her stance, but I guess loosening it as she got older.
0: Yeah. I mean, even me trying to give my opinion on this, I'm still kind of having that in my mind of like, you don't know what you would do until you were in Chloe's situation. You don't know what you would do unless you were in Chloe's situation. So like, yeah, I can't judge her for changing her stance at all, even though the way that that Tristan thing went down is obviously less than ideal. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's so hard for me to give an opinion on any of this because I, I just, I don't know how she looks at Tristan In the eye, and when he's saying, I love you, et cetera, when we know what he has done repeatedly with such disrespect publicly, you know?
1: Right. It's so difficult. I mean, for me, obviously, I can't envision it. But again, here I am sitting in my early 20s, not with a child, not with somebody cheating on me. So how can I, you know, judge that situation even at all? It's so easy to do until you're
0: in it. it. It's so easy. But again, the other thing that I will say is, you know, I think it's fair to say that maybe Chloe didn't know the type of love that Courtney and Scott had at this time. She hadn't really had that yet. So just like we're saying, it's not fair, you know, to judge until you're in it. I don't think it was fair for her even at the time to fully judge unless she was in it because yeah, of course you don't want your sister's boyfriend to cheat on him and it's very normal advice to give, but like, what would she have done if she felt as in love with Rashad as Courtney felt with Scott?
1: I don't know. It's it's an excellent point. It really is it just goes to show it is so easy to have opinions on other people's relationships and so much more difficult when it comes to your own. Yeah.
0: Like a thousand percent. And that is just, that's the continuous theme that we see throughout all of this. Right. So next scene, Courtney and Chris are in Dash and Courtney's kind of complaining to her just about how Chloe and Kim are really being hard on her about Scott. And I want to read you verbatim what Chris says, because I think it's kind of interesting. She says to Courtney, don't you think it's interesting that everybody is so quick to judge Scott every time something happens? She's like, there must be something there. I mean, look at my instincts the very first time you brought him home. And it flashes back to when they're at that barbecue. And Chris says to Courtney, do you think he's ready for a monogamous relationship? Chris then brings up the texting incident with when he was calling that girl, my wife. And Courtney says, when he's with me, he's fine and amazing. And when he's not with me, that's when we have problems. And Chris is like, well, that's not good. And Courtney goes, well, he's a Gemini. And Chris goes, I don't care if he's an alien. God gives us one life. Don't waste it on a loser.
1: <laughs> Courtney saying Scott's a Gemini is probably the funniest thing ever.
0: That was you and I. Like You were the Chris in that situation. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's just so interesting because when Chris says that, she's right. I mean, flashback to that first barbecue, they did have their doubts about Scott, but it's so crazy to see this now juxtaposed to the way they all feel about him now and that when he really was wronging Courtney, Chris was the last one to kind of put him in the doghouse.
1: Right. I mean, it is, it, it does go back to that point of it being a pattern of behavior. Like that's the point that Chris is trying to make here of being like, everyone is so quick to believe it because they keep having reasons to believe it.
0: Right. And she's not wrong. So next scene, Courtney agrees to go to therapy and she says in her confessional, my sisters are forcing me to go to this therapist and I really don't wanna go. I haven't visited a therapist since my parents divorced when I was 11 years old and the experience was traumatizing. Which we'll get into this in a second, but I do think that was a very kind of like aware and brave thing of her to say, because this happens constantly where people have an experience with therapy early on, it didn't do them well and then they're really turned off to the idea. And it takes a lot to actually decide to go back. I mean, that happened to me. I had a really bad experience. I felt it provided nothing. And I was so glad I finally went back. But people can go through that thing where it happens early on and they're eternally turned off to the entire idea of it, you know?
1: Yeah, definitely. I've actually heard about that happening like quite a lot.
0: Especially because they associate all therapists with whatever was going on that one time. And it's fair. I mean, it it can be traumatizing or you're most vulnerable. So of course you're going to take whatever somebody says, especially if it's, you know, less than ideal, very harshly. And not all therapists are created equal. They're just not.
1: Right. Definitely. Of course.
0: So she gets to this therapist and just as a total side note, it's Dr. Bethany Marshall and she comes on the screen and I'm like, Julie, she 1000% is a therapist from Bling Empire. And we look it up and she is, it's the same therapist that Kelly and Andrew and Bling Empire go to.
1: I was... Could, like, I just could not have been more impressed with you when you figured that out.
0: You know what it reminded me of? What? It almost was like how we see all of the YouTube videos where they use the same lie detector guy.
1: Right. That's so funny. Right? Like, there because there must be just a handful of therapists in LA or in Hollywood that would allow filming into their sessions. So they specifically seek those ones out when they're filming something.
0: Right, exactly. You see that with a lot of professions actually. Like right. now now it's become a lot more with cosmetic procedures. We see it in a lot of offices, but I feel like earlier on in reality shows, if you were doing X activity, you went to just one specific person.
1: Same with restaurants because there're only a couple that will allow you to film in the actual restaurant.
0: Yeah. So Courtney's kind of explaining to the therapist that Scott has a place in New York and he lives with her when he's here, but that every time he goes, he's kind of a little shady. And she's saying to the therapist, it's almost like he's a caged animal when he's in Calabasas. It's more boring here. And then he gets to New York and he's excited to kind of go out and party. And the therapist, I think very poignantly says like, you're basically making an excuse for him because why would you want to be with someone who finds you boring and like, who's only kind of quote." in control when they're with you and she says it doesn't matter what the reason is that he gets out of control in new york what should matter is that he's not doing what he needs to do in order to be with you
1: that was such a constant in their relationship that really did not change until recently definitely after rain was born of scott feeling so suppressed when he was with courtney and then letting so loose to the point of losing control anytime he had an ounce of freedom
0: Yeah. And you know, it's not an excuse. Like no part of his behavior should be excused because what he put her through wasn't right. But I do often feel like Scott, the way he felt with Courtney was like, he found the right person, but just too early, you know, because he wasn't ready to stop dating and he wasn't ready to stop living that single life. Yet he also recognized that like Courtney could very well be his person. And that's not an excuse. Like You know, there shouldn't be so much leniency given there. You have to make the decision. If you're choosing one, you're choosing that one full fledged. And if you feel that you need more time, that's also totally fine. You can't have both. But it was very clear to me that that was what was going on.
1: That's exactly it with Courtney and Scott that we all feel is that it was right person, wrong time. And I think that's why it's so frustrating now that they're not together because it feels like, okay, if it was right person, wrong time, how is this not right time and still right person?
0: I completely agree with that. But next scene, we're at Kim's condo, and Chloe's kind of confused because she hasn't heard from Rashad all day. And she's like, you know, usually we're texting, he's constantly answering, and he hasn't said a word. And Kim, this is when she kind of unveils her investigator skills. And she says in her confessional, I'm known for being the complete investigator when it comes to boyfriends. I have so many tricks up my sleeve, nobody wants to mess with me. And this is when she infamously breaks into his voicemail. And you hear a voicemail from another girl saying, I had a great time last night. We should definitely meet up again, etc." And Chloe like cannot handle it. It's kind of one of those things where it's all fun and games until you hear what you don't want to hear, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. You opened a box, Pandora's box. One yeah. Way.
0: And Chloe kind of storms out and Kim goes after her and she says to Kim, like, I haven't had a boyfriend in so long. I don't trust anybody. And then finally I do. And this is what happens. And in her confessional, she's saying, you know, it's really hard for me to call someone my boyfriend and I was all in with Rashad. And now I just feel really betrayed. And she says, you know, he has a game tonight. I'm going to wait till tomorrow. But you just see the effect that it has on her. And Kim says what I think we're all thinking in her confessional when she says, you know, I'm really worried more so what this is going to do to Chloe because she has such a limited ability to like let people into her life. So if she's had walls up before, now she's going to have boulders.
1: This is interesting because it's one of those circumstances where you can't say for sure this was a defining moment for Chloe. Like, It all happened so quickly. The relationship seemed so short-lived and her reaction wasn't obviously as strong as we've seen in the past with things. So you can't say whether or not this was a really formative experience for Chloe in terms of her dating life. But it is the first uh, insight to her dating life that you see on the show. So just looking back on the way things unfolded down the line, you have to at least look back on this with some level of
0: importance. I agree with that entirely, and I'm going to respond in a second. But quick side note, that Halsey one you just sent to me, I think we should solo.
1: Yeah, we can definitely do that.
0: Because I don't think people know. I mean, first of all, I think everybody is shocked. But also, I don't think people know that this guy is the father.
1: Do we know who he is?
0: No. I literally know nothing about him. Alev Aiden.
1: So crazy, yeah, definitely post it. I think.
0: Okay, let me just post it. I'm gonna keep this in you guys so that you can. Also, just as a total side note. Okay, posted it. Also, just as a side note to you guys, for some reason, like I know Halsey isn't the most famous person in the world, but this pregnancy announcement shook us. Like I was so shocked.
1: Yeah, I was. I just didn't see it coming at all. Obviously,
0: at all. I didn't even know. I mean. Now that I was looking back onto some of his photos, she's commented on things and stuff. But I, 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 would imagine this was kind of well known if you're in that like circle. But she hasn't been public about it at all. I
1: wonder if this was something that was was her relationship kept a secret? Was it ever spoken about? I have no idea.
0: I don't know. I have a lot of questions. We'll have to before next week's podcast. We'll like really look into it and do a timeline or something. But also like, not that I know her personally, but didn't you kind of feel like the way that she did this pregnancy shoot? the vibe was so her like whoever curated it i'm sure she worked with a photographer and potentially a creative director like it was really just it so conveyed what i imagine her essence to be
1: yeah oh my god yes i'm right? i'm really genuinely so happy for her
0: beyond happy beyond happy and the comments are so nice
1: yeah i love that
0: anyway okay well that one's posted just to go back to your point i agree like i don't know how much of this was real because that voice note definitely seemed a little scripted i do think that the relationship had a demise because of this reason. But yeah, can you pinpoint this as the moment? I don't know. But is there something to be said for all of these different experiences defining the way that she views relationships? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, definitely. It is the whole ability to look back at every single person in the family and their defining moments and their things that you see still shine through and affect them today is just such an interesting part of the show it is so crazy to me and we always say this but it's so crazy that they have all of this footage that kylie has the footage of her putting on on makeup and Caitlyn being upset about it and it ensuing in a fight and then looking at kylie now with a makeup
0: empire that's the thing it's like honestly i i I could never do reality television and I never would want to. But there is something really special about having this level of documentation that you can then pass on to future generations. You know, like it's it's a shame that Robert wasn't more in these, obviously, because he wasn't alive at the time. But I'm saying that's the only shame because I wish so badly for their children that they could see it. Luckily, he has a lot of home videos, but like, you know, I, I don't know, it's just so wonderful because one day, Chris and Caitlin are no longer gonna be here. Hopefully that's not for a very, very long time, but for their grandchildren to have so many experiences and just, I don't know, for even the kids to be able to see Kylie and Kim and Chloe growing up, there's something really cool about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, and think about how much footage they have saved that we never even got to see. So much. It's crazy, it really is.
0: I can't get over Halsey, this post is doing so well.
1: Oh, amazing, I'm so happy.
0: which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. So anyway, Chloe calls Rashad and she basically ends it. She goes outside to have the conversation because what happens was after they broke into the phone, she also went through his quote Facebook emails, whatever the fuck that means. That's some real dial up shit, no?
1: I've i I've never even heard of that. So I don't know what she means by that.
0: And it basically just validates everything that she thought. She finds out that he's dating another girl for a couple of weeks, and he really doesn't even deny it. And it's interesting because Courtney says, you know, seeing the way that Chloe's handling this, I know what I have to do. Which kind of was an interesting like jump or it was kind of interesting that this is what it took her to realize you know what fuck it i have to make the decision with scott
1: i think other people staying true to their word and following through with relationships makes you it kind of kicks you in the ass you're like oh i guess i have to do that now
0: yeah so courtney calls scott and she basically says you know what we need to talk and in her confessional she says i know we need to end this once and for all and i'm really anxious about doing so We talked on the phone for over five hours and just went through every little detail about why we really shouldn't be together. Our relationship was not good the way it was. And I think we both agreed on that in the end. And we see the next day, the movers come, they take the rest of his stuff out. His Range Rover gets shipped to New York, et cetera. And Courtney's saying, you know, I feel sad, but I feel like a weight is lifted. And obviously we all know that this doesn't last, but it's, it is kind of crazy that like, this was, one of the, quote, final times.
1: So crazy. I The timeline of Courtney and Scott is so funny to me because I think there are so many forgotten things in the beginning, and this is definitely one of them. Like you said to me when we were watching, you didn't realize that they fully broke up in this episode.
0: No, because to be honest with you, my view of Courtney and Scott, when I look back on it, the entire thing is just like a lot of blurred lines. My perception of it is, a lot of blurry lines and then some very, very strong fights that are kind of etched into my memory forever, aka the waiter or punching the wall in Florida or other things like that. But you know, I I always just viewed it as they were kind of on, kind of off. I always forget they did have finite breakups that of course ended up not being that. But yeah, I mean Courtney was really trying to be firm here.
1: And I'm proud of her for doing so. I mean, first of all, thank fucking God this wasn't fine. Right? And it, we imagine if this was it and Scott never came back up again.
0: I, I can't think of a world like that.
1: I mean, Mason's an adult now when you think about the timeline of this whole thing.
0: I know, little did Mason know. I mean, that's the other thing. Most kids do not get to witness their parents' toxic stage on video.
1: Oh my God, that is so special. Mason doesn't even know how special that is.
0: Mason doesn't even know the kind of like, I don't want to call it leverage because it's not leverage, but like, I don't know. I don't even know the right word that he has leg up over Scott to be able to say like, well, you at my age, you know?
1: Right. You know, I always think that the funniest thing to envision is Mason only wanting his parents to get back together because he keeps seeing TikToks about toxic relationships that belong together.
0: Yes, exactly. And they're like the fucking poster children for that. Anyway, so, you know, that, that kind of is where this ends and- what we're really led into is they make the final decision that they're going to open the next dash in Miami. And we are really pretty much set up for a full season of Chloe and Courtney take Miami.
1: We're about to have the time of our fucking lives.
0: By the way, number one, I feel like I could definitely use a vacation. And so this virtual one will be great, but also a lot of shit goes down in the spinoffs that we forget about. And that isn't talked about as much, but we're going to see it now.
1: Who says you can't responsibly go to Miami during COVID? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is what us and our audience are about to be doing
1: yep oh, can't wait
0: I can't wait I love this one and um you know we'll, we'll do that season and then we'll do Chloe and Lamar's wedding
1: oh my god I'm so excited that's like an epic lineup
0: it is an epic lineup I know I mean, I haven't even we haven't even really started watching like it'll be interesting once we start watching and we see kind of what the vibe is and uh I don't know I can't wait
1: I'm just excited.
0: Isabel and I will see you on Friday or Saturday for our Bravo episode. Julie and I will see you next week. And uh, we love you. Thank you. I mean, these episodes, these Kardashian ones are kind of like, Monday's episodes are normally intense. Bravo episodes are intense. And these are kind of like a breath of fresh air. It's a little bit more casual. And I appreciate that.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: Okay, well, we love you guys. And uh, we'll see you soon.